This podcast is a 98 Studios production. Hello, everyone. My name is Joe Morton, and welcome to my podcast, which is entitled A Cup of Joe. This is a podcast dedicated to health and wellness. So we're going to talk about it all, and I love this subject. I'm passionate about it, and I want you to know something. I'm grateful to be a part of your journey. And again, all the different things that we're talking about are going to help you understand that you hold the key and that your success is in your hands and greatness is out there for you. Welcome everyone to today's episode of A Cup of Joe. My name is Joe Morton and I am so thrilled to be joined by such a good dear friend, Lance Schiffman, we've done, and my son Caden, of course, Caden, and we're going to talk about um, some incredible adventures that we've had climbing Kilimanjaro and Elbrus in Russia. So Lance, we've been friends a long time. We have. We've invested together. We've invested in companies together. We've yes. climbed mountains together. We've trained for events and done events together. Yeah. Ironman. It's true. Ironman trainings together. Um, we've gone to concerts together long time. And of course, my son, Caden. You've been my dad together. We, I have been your dad <laughs> for what? 27 years. Almost your almost, whole life. Uh, yeah, almost. Like yeah. really close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh and so i'm just so thrilled to have the two of you <laughs> is that how it works yeah that's what my daughters told me <laughs> um, i mean i've known mom longer so yeah <laughs> so um i wanted to do a podcast on our adventures of climbing kilimanjaro and elbrus we could talk about rainier too but i mean there's only so much time yeah. that we can dive into this but i wanted to get into it because it's such a great experience i mean we're talking uh, 11 years? No, it'd have been 11 years ago. That we climbed Kilimanjaro? That we climbed Kilimanjaro. 11, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be 11, 11 years, years ago. Wow. And, and it was kind of fun the way it happened. I remember we were, I mean, you were 16, I guess, 16 yeah. years old at the time. Very adventurous. Caden's always done everything from rock climbing and, 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 uh, you've climbed, you'd climbed King's Peak, I think at least once or twice at that point in your, in Timp and whatnot. But, and I knew I wanted to do something unique. I was in this space in my life. I think both of us were kind of going through our own journey. Let's Agreed. just put it yep. that way. Yep. And I just thought I got to do something to break, to break out. I got to do something. I want to do Kilimanjaro. And I mentioned it to you and you were yeah. like, I'm in. That was it. Yeah. It was like that fast, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. There you've gotten me in some crazy adventures, Joe. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> we had nothing, no idea what we were getting ourselves no. into. Other than doing Timp together and, you know, doing King's Peak and whatnot. And King's Peak's decent. I mean, mm -hmm. what is it? 13. 13,000. Yeah. 13,000, 13,500. It's the highest peak in Utah. Yeah. Let's do Kilimanjaro in Africa. Tanzania. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what country it was in. I just like, we're going to do this. Yep. It's the highest peak in Africa. It, the, height, the height of it is in meters, 58.95 and 19,341 feet. Yeah, I would have never done that if you told me that. Did you know before we even went? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We had to look for the ride. I, I just follow Joe. Yeah. <laughs> and you, and someone might be watching this going, I've always wanted to do Kilimanjaro. It's yeah. kind of one of those bucket list things. It is, yeah. I mentioned it to my doctor, for example, and he's like, I did Kilimanjaro. Oh my gosh. He came on, like, get very excited about it. I talked yeah. to my... Um, a family member up in Canada who had, had done it as well and talked about her experience going through it. And it's really neat when you can connect with someone and the people you meet along the journey. But I didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. 
Yeah. And we just started. Did you? I mean, you were 16. I no, I was 16. Yeah. I did like backpacking and it sounded like a big adventure. You were I'd just heard up, about I'm Kilimanjaro. In. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I looked up to both of you guys on a lot of the, I remember the bike races that you guys did and different events together. And then obviously with seeing you guys work together in, in business settings, but I was just uh, kind of like, these guys are people I look up to. I like backpacking and let's do it. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. I what mean, drew you there, Lance? It felt like the next thing to do, right? From all the bike races that we were in and just endurance things that we were doing. You had already done Ironman and I'm like, I want to train for an Ironman. I think I'll go climb a mountain. Yeah. Well, let's do, do go do Kilimanjaro. Let's go to Tanzania. And I'm like, and you know what? I want some Tanzanite too. So. Oh my gosh. Was, I forgot about that. We yeah. went out and like searched different jewelers. Like it's the only stuff. place yeah. in the world, right? Yeah. Well, remember they had the armed guards. Mm-hmm that ushered us into right because the mines were right next to the airport. Mm-hmm. So we went right next to where it was at. And I bought a, I bought a piece of Tanzanite. Yeah. You remember what it was worth when you came back? I mean, we paid a couple hundred it, bucks for it. It, it was like, like thousands of dollars. Like, well, it became the rarest gem after the mine had flooded. Remember? So yeah, it's like, it's crazy. It was like, what's a thousand times more rare than diamonds. Mm-hmm. And incredible what an experience getting that so it was what what a what an experience that was you know we I know. we show up in tanzania mm-hmm. i i think you and i were in south africa first and i think we ended up meeting with you yep. in tanzania yeah and there was a there was a couple other people were supposed to come with us and they didn't end up coming yep and so if you're going to climb kilimanjaro by the way you have to go with guides. There's, it's not like a mountain that you just, ah, I just want to go climb Kilimanjaro. You have mm-hmm. to have guides. So how many guys did we have? It's pretty had, common. Like yeah, a whole seven, team. Yeah. Like a whole team. There was a person week. per climber, I think. And they're amazing. We worked yeah. with them. Yeah. And then a couple porters. Because that's their economy, right? You had to have a guide mm-hmm. and one or two porters. Yeah. we had. A, I wish they had carried my backpack. <laughs> I think they carried most of our stuff, didn't they? <laughs> well, <laughs> No. <laughs> no, they were no, amazing. They, did. they, they were amazing, almost, though. They, they just carried almost away. everything. Yeah, it, I, I remember that being. I, I prepped to carry a much heavier backpack, yeah. and then it was kind of nice. They, but it's, they it's part out. of their. It's, eco- yeah. it's part of their economy, though. I think it was like seventy percent unemployment or something at yeah. the time, which yeah, is really unfortunate. So we were doing a good. I mean, they and they loved it. They were so happy and such incredible athletes. Those guys. Oh, incredible! Oh my goodness! Yeah. They do it all the time. Yeah. It's amazing. So uh, we we went through um, different climatic zones, which was mm-hmm. really quite an, a neat experience. Do you remember them, guys? I I honestly don't. I remember. I had to look it up. It was like rain, kind of rainforest, mm-hmm. tundra, like high desert kind of thing. I don't remember exactly. The rainforest was the first. Yeah. And then the Arctic zone, Alpine zone, uh, Alpine desert, moorland. Mm-hmm. That, that, that one I remember. Uh, cultivated zone and then the summit zone. Yeah. Crazy. But that that rainforest was wild, eh? Yeah. It was, and it was. It was raining the whole time we were in that Monkeys, area. Monkeys, yeah. all the animals. We were walking through peanut butter. Yeah. If you remember that. It's crazy. That Especially on the way down. Yeah. I remember it because we were sliding like, and it's really interesting to think it's the highest peak in Africa, 19,300 feet. Um, there's snow on the top. I mean, there's snows mm-hmm. of Kilimanjaro. And yet you're starting 
at so far down. I mean, you really go a long ways. I mean, what is it? It's 50 miles round trip, right? Mm -hmm. Is what we did. We were supposed to do it. We supposed to do seven days and we ended up knocking off one day, Yep. which we did the route, by the way, there's multiple routes you can take. Ours was a Machambe Mm -hmm. and uh, was it Machambe? Machambe. Machambe. Machambe route. And it's generally a seven day route, but we ended up knocking off one day. And it's because we're so awesome. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Do you remember that? Okay. So, do, <laughs> so we you, sang our way to the top. We did. Yeah. yeah. Like 180 songs, if you remember. And then we sang Africa at the top. Mm-hmm. We had to. It I'm, would have done them a disservice if we didn't yeah. respect the song. Yeah. yeah of course. So. I, I'll never forget that. Well, we sang it a couple times during. Yeah. There was the one moment, though. I wish we had a video. I don't know. There's got to be a video. I think Lance I do. Do you have a video? I think I do. It was so fun. You break dancing. Break dancing on the side of Kilimanjaro. Caden and I serenading the whole camp seeing Toto Africa. Well, and I remember, because I didn't see that video until maybe two years later. Yeah. And I remember thinking that it sounded really good when we were up there. And then I listened to it back and I'm like 16 years old. And you can tell I'm 16 when we're singing this. And it was just. Yeah, real. but it was my GoPro. Yeah, it, yeah the right. mic wasn't and the mic. Because well, yeah. I it's thought we, fault. we sounded amazing. <laughs> we could actually open for Toto, I think. We could. With yeah, your man. connections, we might be yeah, able Maybe to. we'll do it. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay. But I did break dance on there, didn't I? Phenomenal. And then all the porters and the guides joined, but they looked like rubber noodles trying to break dance with Joe. And Joe's a really good break dancer. So, a little bit of the history of my yeah. past. Um, uh, it was so much fun. And that, that brings up a point. One of the fun things about this is when you get to camp, you feel people from all over the world, yeah, like everywhere. Yep. It was such a cool experience. Yeah, it's true. Now one, uh, and by the way, we ended up, there was a person that was supposed to climb with a whole group of people. They all canceled the last minute. Mm-hmm. Remember Tara? Yeah. yeah. Cause she ended up from, climbing with us from San Diego. Did yeah. she end up maybe camp two? She was like by herself. She had this whole group of porters and guides, like six or seven of them yeah. for just her. Mm-hmm. And she would see us. She was always like next camp to us. And so yeah. she'd come over and we'd play cards at night. And We're like, hey, why don't you just join us? And remember the two guides were like, uh, they're not very good friends. And we're like, we'll take care of that. <laughs> we're like, you two have to work together. She's climbing with us. <laughs> so she climbed the rest of the time with us mm-hmm. she's amazing yeah she's great she yeah. was, and she ended up joining us for elbrus too. strong she's yeah really cool yeah cool part of the the journey you know absolutely now remember coming up when you when you come out of the rainforest do you remember this guys when you get to I, I don't know what camp it was i can't remember second camp or so it's like you can look out all you see is clouds mm-hmm. i remember that yeah it was euphoric every level was different it was a different experience every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And then we, I don't know how much hot chocolate we drank. Oh, yeah. Hot chocolate. Gallons. The the tea, too. They did the hot chocolate and tea. Mm-hmm. And we'd yeah. play, uh, we played gin, gin rummy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, the porters were always so nice. They had, a, they had and th- this, was, this was a fun uh, word that they introduced us to. Do you remember what it was? Slowly, slowly, pole, 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 pole. pole. Yeah. They'd always say pole, 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 pole. And 
I remember this when at the beginning, the guide said something like, uh, he was asking us about ourselves and, and I said, and he asked about our fitness level. And I mentioned that I do Ironmans and he's like, you guys are usually the ones that drop the first. I'm like, do you remember him saying that? Yeah. I remember I thinking, no, what are you talking about? Drop the first. Yeah. He says, because you're too, you're too aggressive. You don't respect the mountain so much. Mm. You think, and I remember thinking, don't you tell me that? And sure enough, I got to base camp. And remember that guys? I threw up like everything. Well, I couldn't. On summit morning, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I remember that. I threw up everything. Yeah. Yes, you did. Well, we, I ended up making it up. <laughs> I ended up making it up, but, but uh, he was right. I didn't, I didn't understand but, what elevation and, and altitude does to a person. And it was so much higher than we'd ever mm-hmm. climbed to. Sorry. And because it's Joe, he did it with no food. Yeah. So he well, still showed us up. Chocolate bars and stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't have, I actually, I can honestly tell everyone here, I wouldn't have made it up without you two. Cause I, I was, I was having a hard time with elevation. Yeah. You guys were laughing and joy the whole poly poly, all that summit day. We got up pretty fast too. We got up when it was we still were like dark. 45 minutes early is yeah. what they said. And they said, what? You can only stay up here for 10, 15 minutes summit. And we're like, no, we want to see the sun rise, you know? So he's like, no, we have to go back down. And if you remember when we were coming down, uh, what, we're about 30 minutes into it. And then all of a sudden the sun broke and it was on fire. And here was Kenya and Tanzania. And the sun just went fire across the sky. And we were just like looking at each other. And then we look back up on the mountain and there's the ice walls of Kilimanjaro. And we're like, all right, this is why we did it. Yeah. It was just magical, peaceful and surreal. Yeah. Surreal for sure. That moment when standing on the top of Kilimanjaro, the top of Africa, mm-hmm. appropriate to sing the song by Toto. Yep. And to see the lights of Kenya on this side mm-hmm. and then Tanzania on that side. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. It was and it's amazing. like you could see almost all throughout Africa, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could. Wow. Yeah. If anybody's thinking about it, they should do it. It's amazing. Like they shouldn't even hesitate. Definitely take the time, definitely take the time to climb and acclimatize. Mm-hmm. We chopped off one day. It was a little tough on me. Elevation got to me, um, but we made it. You know, Toughest part was the descent, wasn't it? Yeah, like, the descent because it was so fast. Yeah. Because it was like we had spent four or five days going up. You do acclimate along that way, but then coming down, we just... We, I mean, we, we didn't sleep that night to yeah. go to the summit and then we went all the way down and yeah, we you could feel down. it. Yeah. You could feel it for sure. Mm-hmm. Lake Elbrus, we've just mm-hmm. flew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was amazing. So going into it, it was just something that we did. I mean, Cadence was just game. Hey, I'm in, I'm, I'm going to go do this with Joe and Lance, you know, mm-hmm. with Dan Lance. For me, I was in a space where I needed to do some, almost like a spiritual journey. Yeah. And you hear that a lot about mountaineering. Did you experience that at all, Lance, kind of leading up to it and, and the experience of it? Um, some of the training, yes. But I didn't experience it until I was on the mountain. You know, it, just being in the elements, just being in nature, um, just finding that peace, shutting everything off, and just being present with myself was the key. You know, and I, and we've talked about this. This is why 
you go on to these treks and these mountains and these endurance things just to tap into you. Mm-hmm. And it was magical, like absolute magic. Like it transforms you on the mountain. And it's something that you, it's hard to experience. Like in the world we live in today, to be able to shut these off entirely where you cannot use them. Yeah. Yep. Like you couldn't even use it if you wanted to yeah. use it. Yeah. And to go for our six days, shut it down and just be in your head in conversations. When, when getting up to those altitudes, I had to go deep Yeah, because you guys were talking and yakking it up and it really was quite, no, you were yakking it up. <laughs> I was literally, <laughs> literally yakking it up, yeah. uh, which by the way, happens at altitude. It's not an uncommon thing that no. people will throw up. And, yeah. um, and so I ended up doing chocolate bars, which were frozen solid. Didn't take Everything that into, was. I didn't take that into consideration. Like I got a Snickers bar, you know, um, but it got me to the top. Um, but to me, it ended up being very transformational. Caden, that there was that moment when you were before, for whatever reason, someone, one of your friends gave you as a man thinketh by James Allen. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. So it was a good friend of mine, his dad, he, he'd like t- took it from his dad's library and was like, dude, this book's really good. And then I ended up taking it for like, he, he loaned it to me, but I, I still have the copy of <laughs> like, and that was the copy that I brought up on the mountain. I've one way or another, it never got back to him, but um, yeah, don't loan your books to me, but I, I, yeah. I, I held onto it. And I remember just, I packed it in my bag and I was reading it in, in camp at night. And I don't know, like 16 years old traveling to Africa, kind of a big ordeal. And just like you guys are talking about going inward, maybe at different stages in your life. Um, but I was like, I absorbed it so fast. I read through it like just a really quick, quick read. Um, so I probably read it a couple of times on that trip, but then you caught me reading it one of the nights and you'd mentioned that grandpa had read that or had loaned it to you at one point. And then it kind of like restarted, I think, um, a lot of that journey for you into those, those kinds of books. Your grandpa had it memorized. Oh yeah. And he still <laughs> does. That. He's sharp as yeah. a, sharp exactly. as a tack still. Exactly. And, and the concepts, I mean, that's, that's everything grandpa's always taught. So. So the, that moment, I'm very grateful for that moment. That was a, that was a very big catalyst for me. Yeah. And you guys were there. I mean, and you and I have followed a fairly similar with share books and ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that book, and this isn't the actual copy. This is just one that I carry in my backpack. Fell out of his backpack while we were in the shipped and stuff around the tent. It was actually at that one camp. That's a, when you're looking out over the clouds, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I asked him if he'd just finished reading it. And so I asked him to start reading it and I read it on the mountain. I don't know hmm. if I ever told you that Lance. Mm-mm. I read this on the side, on the side of Kilimanjaro. That's awesome. And, um, you've read this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. content very well. And, um, I mean, there's so many, so many things that stood out, but it, being on the side of Kilimanjaro, I remember this moment reading these verse, these words of all the beautiful truths pertaining to the soul, which have been restored and brought to light in this age. None is more gladdening or fruitful of divine promise and confidence than this, that man or woman is the master of thought, the molder of character and the maker and shaper of condition, environment, and destiny. Mm. True. 
that's something that I learned on. Oh, well, that was like a catalyst again, yeah. and brought me into a lot of where we're going. What is what 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 book? What does that mean to you, Lance? I mean, the whole idea of we're con- we're in control. You know, you know, while we're on the mountain, uh, as a man thinketh, um, just what you read. I just had a feeling, which is what that was the key. Like being on the mountain, it made you feel the presence of you. It wasn't just what you were thinking. Like you're in the elements, right? You're, you're, you're feeling from rainforest, like really dense, intense heat with a ton of humidity all the way up to 2030 below in five days. And you really have to tap into you. Like you really need to go deep inside to, to just be present with yourself. Cause uh, you're, I mean, Kilimanjaro, you're not going to die on the mountain. People have, but you're not going to if you're in decent shape and um, unlike Elberus. But, you know, the key's the feeling. It's not what you think, it's what you feel. And that's what I truly believe. And that's what I learned when I went on these endurance races with you, the mountains with both of you was, what does it feel like? Not what do I think it's going to be like, but what does it feel like? Because mm-hmm. the feeling's the knowing, right? The father of thought, you know, the feeling, the mother, the nurturing, gathering it through the heart. And then the birth of the son, which is the actual manifestation of what we do. So um, that's really when that set in for me, just being in the elements and being in nature. I, um, I kind of had this moment on the mountain where I was, had a lot going on in my life at the time. Um, and, and I was playing a lot of blame game, mm-hmm. blaming others, you know, whomever choose, whoever companies, yep. government, neighbor, whatever, you know? Yep, yep. And, uh, I came away from that, although it's taken years and years and years to understand it, but Hey, I'm in control. I can't blame anyone else. Yeah. You know? It's true. And at 16, that's pretty cool that you could read that. And did you, did you come out with anything from that book? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the first time other than hearing you and like grandpa, people like Lance in my life that would give that wisdom out freely. It was the first time that I'd found it on my own in, in a book or um, kind of sourcing that information for myself. And it's different for each phase of life. And so I mean, now I'm hearing it and it reminds me of like extreme ownership, like Jocko Wheeling talks about and things like that, where like you have to take responsibility for the things that you're doing and you are the maker of your destiny. You're the molder of, of your character, of the outcome of your life. You have that, that power in your hands. And at the time it was more like the creative side of it was really fascinating to me. And, and like, it it just kind of opened up this door of like, oh, there's that it's so much bigger than just me. And it's cool how these, these mountains teach that same principle as we're out there because those sunrises, like there's something different about being on the top of a mountain. I remember Rainier really well when we, we were up on Rainier that like the, the way that it just, it comes across the horizon yeah. and the sunrises, it's just different when you're that high up on the mountain. And after you've already climbed for so many days to get to that point and it just, the book teaches that same thing. It's just reminding you that everything it's so much bigger than yourself and you have the control 
to, mm-hmm. to, to choose how the, the outcome is for you. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I mean, it's different in each time that I read it different each time I climb a mountain, but at the time it was it just kind of opened those doors for me. You know, um, I remember reading in the power of now with Edgar Tolley mm-hmm. in there, he actually talks about people don't even know it, but they go to mountains. They go to do endurance sports. They do a lot of this stuff, rock climbing, because it forces them in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Like you can't use your phone. Exactly. You can't, you can't, uh, I mean, you have to be present mm-hmm. and there's healing in that, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think without people even knowing it, mountaineering can be healing. It has been for me. Yeah. Very cathartic being on the mountains. He, yeah. Absolute healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was going through a huge struggle, you know, pre Kilimanjaro and it was a huge breakthrough for me. Just, just to have peace in my life again, you know? Oh, I loved it. It was yeah. such a great experience. Now, for anyone who's wondering about Kilimanjaro here, the base camp, I had to look this up, 4,670 meters. So a little low, about 1,200 meters lower than summit. Mm-hmm. And that last summit day, you've, it's an alpine summit. So you, we always start at like 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. Yep. And then just start going. And um, that's when I was puking and throwing up and and we just started going. We weren't very like nice to you about it. Now that I, <laughs> I, I think back on it, like, oh, Joe's throwing up again. And we're like, cheers and hot cocoa. And like, well, we, <laughs> had, ready for the we had to make sure he summited. <laughs> yeah. I like, guess we were there to help motivate and, him, <laughs> keep it positive. And we weren't going to go without him. Yeah. So it was like, no, we need to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> that was great. We were like poking fun, I remember. <laughs> well, remember, I had that mix and I'm like, Joe, you got you to gotta drink this mix that I made. You're like, this is your medicine. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is, is this gets you to the top. And it was just tons of nitric oxide, everything. <laughs> and you're like, hey, it got me to the top. It was amazing. It yeah. got me to the top. And but uh, it was frozen. But it, <laughs> everything in the everything. frozen Nalgene bottles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but also giving us an understanding of how far we can push the human spirit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How far we can go when we don't think we can go any further. Mm-hmm. I love that about mountaineering. That's one of the things that. I take away from that. Every time, every time we climbed one of those mountains, it was like, I thought I trained for this, <laughs> you know? And then like day six, seven, you're like, okay, I need to do better with my training, but you made it. We pushed. It was cool. I had a unique perspective on, on those mountains. And I really, I, I look forward to future mountains with you guys too, where like growing up, watching you do Ironmans and watching you guys do your, your cycling endurance events, it was like nothing could stop you. And so like, as a kid, it's like, this guy's invincible. And to be on Kilimanjaro, I think that was the first time, maybe I watched it a little bit with the St. St. George Ironman. I remember you were, you were struggling on that one, but Kilimanjaro was one of the first times that I was like, Oh, like my dad's me. Like, like he's not, I'm no, there's nothing different. Like, He's trained more than I have, but even my dad can get kicked down. Even my dad's throwing up and I'm feeling fine. Like it was, it was pretty cool to see that you're human and that we can push each other. Joe is? Yeah. That Joe's human. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Well, (laughs) growing up, he wasn't. He's a machine. He's a machine. 
I, I remember in the heat of like the big business days, yeah. like you were still finding time to bike like three hours, swim 45 minutes, run and spend time with your family and all of your business. It, it like, it, it was crazy. Joe got me into all this. Yeah. Like it was that one comment. Let's go do Kilimanjaro. And then we did the cycling together. Oh my gosh. We prior. did loaded jaw. Well, when you're f- our first race together was uh tour of Utah. Oh, that's right. That was our very first race. That was my very first bike ride with all you guys was tour of Utah, which is the toughest stage. Brutal. In all of cycling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I threw my bike down when I finished. I literally threw it on the ground. <laughs> it finishes at Snowbird. Up yeah. Snowbird Canyon. Oh my gosh. No. And, and my cousin's there an hour and a half before us. And he's all showered and he's like, hey guys, that was a nice ride. I'm like, I love you. Screw you. <laughs> we got to get, we got to get him on Aconcagua. <laughs> we got to get him to come back to Aconcagua. Exactly. Yeah. The next mountain. Um, that summit day was, I remember going up poly, 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 just kind of have your hands in your pocket and just one by one, you guys were singing and it, but, but here's a good thing about surrounding yourself with people that are helping you with your goal. Mm-hmm. I wonder, it's hard to tell what I, what would have happened if I didn't have you two. Yeah. And so I'm very grateful for it. So thanks. The you. power of like being with people mm-hmm. and, and pushing each other and mm-hmm. motivating for sure. Which I want to get into, um, in, in Elbrus, the next one, cause there was a moment in there that, um, was pretty key. So we did that. And then when did we do Elbrus? That was the following year. Was the following year? Yeah. Was it August, 13 or 14? August of 2013. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Cause Rainier was 14. And I was going into school. So that's right. So we decided to do Elbrus. Elbrus is the highest peak in, in Europe. Um, the numbers on Elbrus is it's, it's in Russia. It's the highest peak in Europe and it's 18,510 uh, feet or 5,632 uh, meters. Now, the difference between those two mountains, though, Kilimanjaro is not very technical, like you said. Like, yeah. There is snow at the top, but, but Elbrus was technical. So we had to train differently, didn't we? It's like a snow dome, you know. It, yeah, that was a it lot was tougher. Way colder. One. Yeah. Yeah. And if you remember a few weeks before, there was five people that died on the mountain. Hello, everyone. Joe Morton here for a Cup of Joe podcast. I want to say thank you to our sponsor today, King Cool Plunge. These guys are incredible. I love this product that they've prepared. It allows you to be able to get into cold plunging and stay consistent with that. Whatever temperature you want to set it at has a filtration system. It looks cool. It looks amazing. I love their colors. I love cold plunging for the purpose of just overall health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. I love the way I feel when I use it. Helps me become present in the moment, very mindful. There is no way that you cannot be in the present moment when you get into a cold plunge. And King Cold Plunge is a phenomenal product for that. Check them out, kingcoolplunge.com and use the discount code A-C-O-J. King Cool Plunge is spelled K-I-N-G-K-O-O-L Plunge. Their Instagram handle is King Cool Plunge or their website is kingcoolplunge.com. So check them out. Thank you very much. Make it a great day. Oh, that's right. A couple weeks before. The wind. Yeah. Yeah. And one or two of the bodies they didn't find because of the crevasses at the top. The winds just picked them right up because they would get up to 70, 80 miles an hour 
on the top of that mountain. So. Well, do you guys remember, because the wind started picking up when we were right close to the summit, and there was a group before us that had turned around. It was the two Russian yeah. doctors. Yeah. They, that, they had turned around because it was so bad, and it gave up just a, just like a window to be able to get up on the summit, but they had already turned around. What was it? It was maybe 200, 300 meters? It was right there. Well, yeah, that we were about an hour from summit. I remember because which is really the, like the two guys, yeah. they were right next to us at base camp. If you remember, they were drinking vodka the whole time. They're like, it keeps I don't remember them at base camp. Oh I, no. They, I, they, I don't remember talking they kept inviting us every night. <laughs> Lance come drink vodka. It, it makes you warm. I'm like, no, I, I won't be able to climb. <laughs> I'm not going to have any with you guys, but they did it. And remember the one doctor had, the yearn of his dad's ashes and the last that. wish was his dad's ashes wanted to be spread on the summit of Kilimanjaro. Uh, Elbrus. I mean, Elbrus. Yeah. And, um, remember when we left at what one in the morning, it started snowing on us. So we're wet. And those two guys took off. Like they just disappeared. Remember? Like they just took off. And then, like you said, when they came back, I think we were about an hour or so from summit and they're like, you guys can't go mm -hmm. like, don't get up there because you guys, it's a waste of time. And we were in like the second saddle. If I remember right. It was just after a big climb. Uh huh. And we like kind of met them. I remember, yep. yeah. And, and, and they're like, don't go, don't go. And, and I remember when we waited for Tara, cause remember when we had that little mm -hmm. side deal and, and you're the one that set the, the tone and the pace for that joy. I remember like, in detail because she was struggling to get in cadence with us as we were going. And we were like, let's put her at the top. Let's put her in front. She'll set the pace for us and then we'll make sure all of us summit. But because of that and that delay and just doing the pole pole that we had learned on Kilimanjaro, um, there was only two groups to summit that day and we were one of them if you remember, and it was because of that team aspect that you talk about, like whoever's struggling, if you guys can just take a pause and pull everyone together, it, the window opened up the, the winds, they fell off to like what, 15, 20 miles an hour for probably about an hour or so. And then they picked up again as all three of us were sliding down the mountain illegally. Um, <laughs> was it illegal? <laughs> well, they were really mad. <laughs> we had crampons on. I remember. We and were sliding. we're sliding down on the back of our backpacks yeah. going really fast. <laughs> like, they're like, you guys are going to die. And like, <laughs> whatever. My legs don't work anymore. <laughs> I like the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, well, <laughs> Russian accent. <laughs> no, this was one of the doctors. I'm copying oh, yeah, him yeah. exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> It's his voice. <laughs> but, but. Because of that, like you're saying, Joe, um, we made it. We summited. And I remember like right before the summit, I think, Caden, you had taken off a little bit. And Joe, you were probably about 20 or 30 feet. I was by myself. And I collapsed on my ice axe and just started crying. And the tears were like frozen on my face. And I was like, okay, this is like a humbling, sacred moment in my life. Summited another mountain. We made it because we helped a dear friend get her cadence back. And if you remember when we got to the top, it was just this unbelievable humbling feeling. You know, you don't summit these mountains and beat your chest and say, Hey, I just conquered this mountain. 
it's the most humbling experience in the world. And it gives you a different perspective on life, not only being at the top, but just what you accomplished and who you accomplished it with. Mm-hmm. And that's what I remember. And I just had the tears were just frozen on my face going, okay, this is one of those sacred moments. This is one of those breakthroughs for me to know what I have the capability of doing and, and really finding out about myself. It's so beautiful. And the importance of a coach. Do you remember Dan was our, our guide and yeah. he spoke Russian and he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and right to, when those guys were coming down, he said to them in Russian, don't turn around. Don't, guys, we're so close. Yes. And they said, no, no. Because no, it was windy, to, yeah. give, to be fair, it was very windy. Like, so windy. Remember, we had to have a, this is again why it was technical versus Kilimanjaro. I mean, we were roped up the whole way. Yep. And we had to follow a guided rope because you can't see, you couldn't even yeah. see up. We were placing flags, yeah. if you remember. Half yeah. a foot in front of your mm-hmm. face is just so windy. There yep. were there were years that more people died on Elbrus than Everest yeah. sometimes because of the wind. Those guys turned away and, and he kept saying, no. You're so close. Yeah. Had we not had that guide, I mean, we wouldn't have known how close we were. Agreed. Yeah. And yeah. 300 meters when you're at that altitude can feel like it probably did take us an hour, an hour and a half, but we made it. Yeah. We had a coach who told us mm-hmm. exactly where to go. It's important to have that coach, a mentor. Um, I mean, it's critical in life to have that. I just think we would steer off path into crazy directions if we didn't have the experience of other people. Totally. It was beautiful. Yeah. Now something happened on Elbrus that I think was really beautiful. Lance, you introduce us to Genshai, my hat here. On Elbrus. On Elbrus. Yeah. And you gave us this coin. That's right. That is um, right. I'm wearing the hat because... I just love this word, first of all. Thanks for representing, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And Caden's got his in his hand yeah. there. I've got mine in my pocket. Yeah. This happened on yeah. Elbrus. We're talking 10 years ago. And wow. here we are. 10 years. That's amazing. And you were just starting with this yeah. at that time. Tell yeah. us about the word Genshai. Tell us about how you kind of came up with this. Well, because I, I think it's very fitting that it happened on a mountain for us, at least to hear that. Well, I gifted to both of you guys because it was just an incredible experience spending time with both of you, um, getting to know you better on Kilimanjaro and you're like brothers to me. So it was just this sacred moment of, Hey, I want to gift you this touchstone to say, thank you. I love you both. And what an amazing experience to be together. And, you know, Genshai G-E-N-S-H-A-I means in sacred writ to never treat another in a manner that would make them feel small, including yourself. And when I was introduced to that about 13, 14 years ago, all I heard was that last part, never to treat myself small, you know, and it's been used in throughout India and Southeast Asia for a long time. It was actually in Gandhi circles a gentleman by the name of Praveen Shakur, who taught one of my dear mentors, Kevin, Kevin Hall, um, he introduced that word to me. And I was going through the toughest part of my life, a huge transition in my life. And all I heard that day when he taught it to me was to never treat myself small, which flipped a switch. And I was like, I need to stand up and be a better man. 
you know, I need to represent and be a better father for my daughters. And I went home and did research on the word. And I'm like, man, there's not a lot of stuff on this word. And it became part of my life. And as you know, I have a nonprofit with Genshai that's basic human needs. And we teach self-love. Like, because if you truly ask yourself, everybody that's listened to this podcast, ask yourself the question, do I truly authentically, wholeheartedly love myself? I mean, just pause with that. Do you honestly love yourself? Because I believe that the golden rule is flawed. Love thy neighbor as thyself. If you do not love yourself, how can you honestly love somebody else? You can only love to the capacity you love yourself. So that word was just a trigger for me. That's why I carry the coin with me in my pocket. Just to remind myself that how amazing we are as humans. You know, and if we're a different color, a different religion or whatever, it doesn't matter. We're human. It doesn't matter. Don't treat anybody small. Because if you feel superior in one setting, you're definitely going to feel inferior in another. So that's what the word taught me. And the deeper meaning, genshai, if you look at the etymology, G-E-N means beginning or birth. Like genetics, Genesis, G-E-N, means beginning or birth. And S-H-A-I in sacred writ means the gift. So the beginning or birth of the gift, who is the gift? It's each one of us. And that's what we need to remember. Like, especially with the crazy times that we have right now in this world, we have to remember how important we are as a whole to humanity, each one of us. So, yeah, that's why I gifted it to you guys. It was amazing. And it's just been an incredible journey ever since just to find that self-love. And you find that on the mountain. You find it on the mountain. Like you can honestly, truly love yourself. Wow. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Do you remember that moment when he... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I remember. And we were with uh, Lance and... What was Lance's friend's name? Oh, Dan, you mean. Or just Lance. Dan. Lance is right here. Dan. Dan. Dan's friend, Jared. Mm. Jared, yeah. And right. Jared's dad. That's they right. Were, they no, were with right. us as well. And uh, That's right. Yeah. I remember the, the meal we had. I mean, we were sitting there eating. We had like tomato and cucumber salad and borscht. And, and then whatever we didn't finish was cut up into smaller pieces the next night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I ate this. <laughs> I had this yesterday. Yeah, no, I, I but I do remember it was... Uh, really tender moment. And it, I mean, it hits, it's like the book. It's like going on a, on a big mountain. I mean, it, it hits differently at different times and different phases, different transitions of, of my life, of our lives. And, um, it's cool. Like I've had, I think, I think the original coin I may have actually lost. Cause I don't think this is the, the original, uh, production that you'd had of it, but, yeah. um, I have this one now and, regardless of which coin it was I've, I've carried the coin in all like all over the world it lived it. with me in ecuador for two years and and nice. it's uh it's a constant reminder of of that and that's the part that hit me the most is loving yeah. myself yeah and and you taught me that joe like your positive end book and that i remember when you published that and you signed that for me like you you already had that energy of positive 
self-love and all of that when, you know, when the starting of Zango, when well, I first we, met you. We all just, have to be reminded of that. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. And yeah. Lance, you, you are a great example to us all, to me in particular about um, self-love and then and, caring and, for others. And I struggle with it. We all do. Yeah. Like we need I to mean, be reminded of that. There's days We're that humans. I'm just like, I don't even want to get out of bed. Like, this is a shit show mm-hmm. going on right now. And I'm just like, eh. So even the reminder is more powerful now. And uh, Where'd you come up with the idea to give this? Because this is part of the program, Genshai, where you yeah. can you can go to Genshai Giving, right? Your, Genshai.com. Genshai.com. And you can buy these and you uh-huh. can give a person this and you can tell your the reason why you're giving them the coin. I think it's beautiful. I've given several out over the so, years. So Kevin, when he was over in Vienna, um, Praveen told him a story of when he was a little boy and his mom would take him down the streets of India and Calcutta, like totally impoverished. And, you know, there's like less than 1% are wealthy and everybody else is in abject poverty. And he said that his mom would walk him down the street with all of the people that were homeless. And she says, if anybody needed anything and you had it, you give it. But she said, the key is when you have money or, or coins in your pocket, you get down eye level with that person and you place it in their hand and you tell them that, Hey, you're my brother and my sister and I love you. And you put it in their hand. You don't throw it in the tin or throw it in the ground where they're at, you get eye level because they are your equal. They're just in a different situation in their life. And he said he remembers that that's how his mom taught him Genshai. And anytime that they were being oppressed or pushed down from the elites, um, she would say, you need to practice Genshai. And I remember it was like two or three in the morning, you know, when a lot of us have that inspiration and I woke up after hearing that story and I saw, I literally saw a Genshai coin and I'm like, what if we gift somebody a touchstone, but tell them the story of how they mentored, changed my life, helped me through something and gave that to them, but tell them the story while they're still alive. Don't tell that at their funeral. Hey, this is how this person changed my life. Like tell them. Gift them the coin, but tell them the story. And I remember the first coin that I minted, I gave to my mom. She's like, she's amazing. Yeah. One of my, she is my greatest mentor. And I gave it to my mom and we had a cry fest for about two hours. I told her exactly what she had done in my life, how she mentored me, the lessons that she taught me in that. And then the second one I gave to my dad, you know, out of respect and the lessons that I've learned from him. And then the third one I gifted was to Norm Bangeter, who was the, governor of the state. He was like my second dad. Be careful what you manifest because he became my stepdad, right? (laughs) Be careful what you manifest, but just an amazing human. And I remember it was about, about three years before he passed and we sat down on the couch and I sat and I told Norm and gifted him a coin. And I said, Norm, if you remember you sold me my first apartments because I moved out when I was in high school, like parents going through a really a, a tough divorce for us kids. And, um, I moved out. So I finished my senior year on my own, getting ready to be married, 
you know, I was just on path and I was scared to death. And I made an offer on these apartments at 18 to the governor of the state of Utah at the time, scared to death. And I don't know how I ended up with them. That's a whole other story. But I told him, I said, you were the one that believed in me again at 18. And we just cried on the couch. And he's a very, very solid statesman. And um, it was one of those sacred moments in my life because at 18, he changed the trajectory of me being an entrepreneur. My dad was always an entrepreneur. He owned his own business, but he had closed it down. And my dad is just a tremendous mentor to me. But at that point, I didn't know what to do. And I was off to the races. And, you know, we've we've done a ton of properties together and investments together. And we've had great success together in this world and been That's very blessed. Started. That's crazy. At 18, four months out of high school. Well, I need to thank him too then because yeah. you've taught me a lot over the years. It's been amazing. Just an incredible ride. Yeah. It's amazing how we just keep propelling each other mm -hmm. through different situations. I feel so fortunate to have climbed Kilimanjaro with the two of you. Yeah. Elbrus, Rainier, a lot of events. We have. And guys, Aconcagua. Are we committing on this? podcast i'd commit to oh, it yeah. I've, I've been wanting to do it since so i have we to start off and he speaks Elbrus. spanish now so he can help us with the that's by the way for anyone watching <laughs> that's the highest peak out the highest outside the himalayas which it's it's <clears throat> what 23, 23. It, it's a serious yeah. mountain it's pretty serious yeah okay and i'm we're in. gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> i thought about it i'm in okay we're gonna get that on the calendar but thank you for both of you joining and this is beautiful uh, this mention of Genshai and, and your history of it. And I feel very fortunate to not only have climbed these mountains with you two, but to have that moment and to see the birth of this coming to pass and then what it's coming. And you did great work in Hawaii. And thank you for that. Um, helping the, the horrible mothers of Maui, yeah, mothers of Maui yeah. you guys just did that fundraiser. Beautiful. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, Genshai, check it out. It's great, great organization. Does great work. Lance Schiffman. Thank you, brother. Caden Morton. It's an honor a, to be here. Love both of you. Love and you too. thanks for being mentors in my life. Yeah, equally. It's been tremendous. An honor Thank to be, be able to sit here with you guys. And it continues. It continues. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I brought two more coins for each of you. And I challenge you to give them to the next person that does something amazing in your life. So. Done. That's the key. The key is to keep passing it on. I was I was already going through like I got to get on and get know, another coin so that I can give it out. So it's I brought them. Perfect timing. Thanks, Joe. It's been an Thank you. honor and just humbled to be here with you. Love you, brother. Thanks, brother. Love you too. Love Thanks. you, man. Love you guys. Thank My you, my son. Yep. Pops. Can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining this episode of A Cup of Joe with Lance Schiffman, Caden Morton, and uh, my name is Joe Morton. Thanks for joining as we've talked about Kilimanjaro, Elbrus, Genshai, and all the adventures. Make it a great day.